India is the suicide capital of the that's, world. That's right. We are the most depressed country in the world. Yes. Sadly, bullying is said to be as debilitating or sad for a person as sexual abuse. You know, this whole quest for perfection is actually a huge mental health trap. It's human to feel angry. It's human to feel sad. It's human to compare yourself. But as long as you're aware, you're acknowledging it and you're not bottling it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the difference between you being human and then or you getting into a mental health issue. Welcome to Voices in My Head with Yami Radhar. Today my guest is uh, Parul Khanna Parashar. Hi. Uh, Parul is a psychologist. That's right. She is a humanitarian. Yes. She is a director at Sanjeevni Society for Mental Health, which is this amazing NGO that provides free mental health services to yeah. anyone who needs them. And my personal opinion is she's a workaholic. <laughs> so Parul, welcome. welcome thank to, you, Yami. Thank and you. Thank you for taking out the time. I know how precious your time is. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here today. So, I wanted to start by something that I didn't mention in your introduction okay. is that uh, you studied at the London School of Economics. That's right. And uh, post that, you went on to work for companies like Tata Consultancy Services and Sapient. That's right. Which are multi-billion dollar conglomerates. I mean, people would give an arm and a leg to work with them. So, how does someone like that... Uh, from a corporate world and from studied from LSE, now turned to psychology and helping people and helping them with their mental health issues. How did that transformation happen? And that's something that's, you know, very interesting to me personally. I started working in the corporate sector. I was in human resources for about 12 years. But, you know, as the years progressed, initially the money, the travel, um, you know, was very exciting. But after some time, I realized that you know, it's just, I'm feeling like I'm such a cog in the system. If mm-hmm. I were to disappear um, from any from any of the places I work with, I could be replaced in a second and nobody would even noticed, notice. And I think this awareness came that I do truly want to do something where what I do matters, um, where what I do makes a difference and where I feel stimulated. So then I realized that, you know, the money part I can probably live with lesser means but I truly have to like not just survive I have to really enjoy my life Mm -hmm. I have to do something that makes me feel excited so that's where the shift happened but if I look back if I were to rewind my life I was kind of going against my calling Mm -hmm. and doing something that um, I was truly probably not interested in so you know this is an area in which I'd like to believe I know perhaps a little bit more than the average person but I'm still a layman and yeah. I consider that myself to be And so learning. am I. We are learning every day. Every day we are learning. So I wanted to ask you that, can you just explain to me, I mean, I've always, and I'm, I never get this right, is what is the difference between a, a psychologist and a, and a, you know, there's a clinical psychologist and then there's a, a sh- the word shrink is thrown okay. around. There are these two, three types of different kinds of people who deal with mental health issues and, and perhaps someone who looks at brain scans and... Yeah. You know, if you go and you get an MRI or, you know, of your brain or something like that. I mean, what is the difference really between these different 
categories of uh, professionals so see us uh, it totally depends on the degree that you have mm-hmm. so a psychiatrist is a doctor mm-hmm. this is a, what is called a shrink a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist can actually prescribe medication so if somebody is living with depression or somebody has got anxiety maybe you know there is some chemi- chemical imbalance in their system which is leading to them to feel a particular way so a psychiatrist is a person a doctor who prescribes medication to deal with those symptoms mm-hmm. a psychologist is a person who um, you know helps you to go back into what uh, helps you to cope with um, uh, you know your problems and to understand and for you to help find the inner strength to cope with your problems and um, it's also somebody who can do personality tests mm-hmm. it's also somebody who can you know perform like various therapies depending on what the nature of the problem is um a counselor is as important in the mental health uh, profession and a, a counselor may or may not have a degree mm-hmm. uh, but they are trained in you know counseling in a particular me- uh, method of counseling so again and they their uh, strength is also that they help you find the inner strength to cope with your problems so i think the difference between a psychologist and a counselor is one with a degree who's actually studied um you know the psychology as a subject in their um, in their academics whereas a counselor has maybe learnt more on the job and in a, the particular organization that they are working in so i would go to a counselor or a psychologist first and then if my condition is perhaps more complicated that they think they require the patient requires medication or something or then i'd go to a a psychiatrist. a psychiatrist well it could be either way so if if you know the symptoms are very stark so if um a person has uh, irregular suddenly irregular eaten eating patterns they're eating too much or too little irregular sleep patterns sleeping too much or too little um you know they are feeling very anxious they're not being able to concentrate at all the working at school college workplace wherever severely mm-hmm. affected or maybe they even seeing hallucinations so when the symptoms are very stark you know it it may be best to first go to a psychiatrist although there's such stigma associated with going to a psychiatrist oh, yes. that probably a person may feel more comfortable going to a counselor or psychologist and then a lot of times we give referrals to go to a psychiatrist because it's like you know if you think of it it's like if your leg is broken mm. um you need physiotherapy definitely but you de- you need to get your leg put in a cast first right right so it's like that and this whole space of mental health uh, you know what what is actually mental health uh, because this word is now you know coming up more and more how do you, i'm not asking you to define it you know the textbook definition but for lay, you know lay, for, for a layman like myself so how i um, like to think of it is that it's not just the absence of disease but it's uh, functioning up to your optimum capacity emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally so it's not to say that just because you don't have a mental illness doesn't mean you and you know in in robust mental health it's mm-hmm. when you are functioning to your best capacity right. you know and you have found healthy ways of coping so it's not like because you're mentally healthy you're not going to feel sad angry irritated jealous no those are regular natural human emotions we all feel but perhaps you will be aware of those emotions you will understand your triggers mm-hmm. and you will be able to cope with them in a healthy and appropriate way and when we say that you know i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling anxious i mean most of the times 
I mean, I was someone who was depressed and anxious for years, and I didn't even know it because mm. how do I know that I'm depressed, and what is depression really? Is it, and and I think that's one of the main problems that we all have is that we don't know if we're really depressed or you know, Absolutely. is it just a and off And these terms or... are used so loosely, you know. Um, so depressed could be anything. It could be that a person is feeling sad, irritated, unhappy. Or in the more medical ways, depression is, like I said, you know, um, something, some chemical imbalance or something in your life, which could be a combination of biological, environmental, or, you know, any factors which is making you feel, um, which is making you lose interest in your regular activities, which is making you not want to eat or eat too much, not wanting to sleep, sleep too much, um, not wanting to maybe even groom yourself. And I feel it's... Well, it's more hopeless than ever because unfortunately, I, I just I read a few days ago that uh, India is the suicide capital of the that's, world. That's right. We're the most depressed country in the world. Yes. Um, how, how did this happen or why is it happening in, in particular to us or is it a global phenomenon? Um, See, it is global. I think, you know, a WHO report that I read recently says that, you know, um, one in four people could have some sort of a mental illness. In the world. In the world, yeah. So, um, some sort. I mean, there are various, yeah, of you course, know. Of course. There's a continuum. But um, in India, there was a report in, uh, I think Nimhans did some report mm -hmm. that one in 20 people could be, um, you know, going through something and it's not, um, it could be a mental illness. So, you know, there are all these statistics floating around. But the reality is, is that, like you said, India, the number of suicides in India are really high. And world over, people are choosing know, to... Do we know why in India they so, are Yeah, you know, I think when we... Um, what I attributed to is that earlier when maybe I was growing up, not so much you, you're much younger, but even before me or maybe when I was growing up, there was a much more cohesive family system. You know, you had somebody in your family that you could turn to if you were feeling sad or lonely. Mm -hmm. um, so th now the breakup, there's been a breakup of the joint family system. Families are more nuclear in nature. There's a mother, there's a father. Maybe both are busy. Mm -hmm. um, there's more materialism. So there's this, you know, we all strive to, um, you know, to improve our, ourselves financially. Mm -hmm. So in all this, in all these aspirations, in, in all this, maybe, you know, the connection with each other is getting lost. And that is why we just don't know who to turn to when we are feeling a certain way. And when... And if it is arrested at that point, you know, then it would not lead to suicide. But when a person commits suicide, it's because they're feeling so hopeless, so worthless, um, so so unhappy that they really are not seeing any choices. But therein lies the other problem because especially in India, okay, why is mental health such a taboo subject? I mean, I can go to my parents and say, you know, I've got asthma, or I've got, um, uh, you know, I'm not feeling well, I've got fever, I've, you know, I've got dengue, I've got anything. But if I go and say that I'm depressed or anxious, or I've got some sort of mental health issue, it's, you know, it's suddenly taboo and, uh, you know, it just can't happen to us. And it's something that's brushed under the carpet. And I think that's another reason why a lot of perhaps parents could have uh, prevented their kids from committing suicide or, you know, acting out or going through severe issues uh, but they didn't because either they were in denial or they yeah. didn't or they weren't educated enough about yeah. it so 
Why so is like it so taboo said, as I'm saying? There's so much know. stigma attached, like you said yourself, that, you know, now when I have clients, they are willing to seek counseling, but they're not willing to take medication. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because of that taboo that all the myths around medication or the myths that, you know, I will be called pagal. Mm-hmm. These medication, this medication will make me, um, make, uh, is addictive in nature. I'll get addicted. And also that, uh, you know, these things don't happen to us. Yes, these happen yes, yes. to people in other homes or in the West, because as Indians, we take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I want to just come back to something you were saying about medication, like even someone like myself, I am all about, you know, natural cures and because I that's what I did. I managed to cure my asthma naturally and my depression and anxiety with, a, you know, a whole load of things that I do and that's become my life now. So even if, I mean, I had, I would be someone hesitant to take medication as well. So, and pharmaceuticals in this area, in, in mental health, are we just talking about, you know, mood enhancing, uh, perhaps stuff like, which I've heard is Prozac kind of stuff. Or are we talking about some serious um, medication from that aspect? And why I ask you that is because a lot of people that I've spoken to in India, there's this impression, whatever it is, even if it's, a, you know, from a cold to a normal infection, it's the doctors here just pump you with medication. Uh, this So the same illness... Um, you know, like my, my son just got the flu mm. and the doctor's given him a seven-day course of... Uh, and he's two and a half. Mm. He's given him a seven-day course of antibiotics. So there is this... And, and that would have never happened if I was in... Uh, you know, we were... we were in, in, in summer, I was in London and he got something similar. And the doctor was like, when I said, you know, does he need antibiotics? He said, are you crazy? We don't prescribe antibiotics. And that's why uh, there's so much antibiotic resistance in, in, mm. in India. So I've... I've digressed from, I mean, I'm using antibiotics as a point, yeah, but, but even the point. mental health people I've spoken to who've been to doctors, who've been prescribed medication, their feedback was that they over-medicated us. They medicated the hell out of us, actually. So See, I am I'm not a doctor, so I can't mm-hmm. comment on, you know, what doctors prescribe or I'm not a psychiatrist. But I have seen that for a lot of people, um, you know, the medication does help because their quality of life is so deteriorated by the time they come to a psychologist, sleep, mood, um, loss of interest, etc. So it does help them. And, you know, it's a myth that it's going to be lifelong. It's for maybe six months, four months, three months, most often. And then, of course, if it's a serious mental illness, like maybe say schizophrenia, then you have to you know, live with, uh, like, live with uh, taking medication all your life, almost like a diabetes. Okay. When you get diabetes, you do have to take medication, mm-hmm. insulin all your life. Right. Right. Having said that, you know, now more and more, even the government of India and the Mental Health Act recognizes what's called Ayush, right. which is yeah. Ayurveda, Yoga, Yunani, yes. Siddha, Holistic mm-hmm. Health. So more and more in the world, there's a movement towards lifestyle choices, which is exercise, sleep, nutrition so you cannot undermine the importance of these so like you said in your case yeah this is exactly how i've turned my life know, around when i was saying sleep lifestyle and uh, nutrition and that makes me think of you know people in the corporate world where you come yes, from yes. and you're the perfect person to discuss the mental health and the corporate world because they're like two opposites yes. and is it all this uh, the lifestyle issues and the way corporates are living their lives yes uh, your husband is a corporate. Yes. So you have a, you continue to have an insight into that, uh, you know, field. Yeah. So and if I take you, I'll give you my husband's example. Okay. He is all these things. He's got, he barely is able to sleep. 
but yes i think what makes him mentally healthy or resilient is a that he's very very particular about his exercise and also just this resilience inner strength that he seems to have which so far has worked well for him for mm-hmm. example moving forward who knows so it's not to say that just because you've been mentally you're feeling mentally healthy right now you things may not change for you later but yes by and large corporates in india and maybe world over there's sleep is deprived there's really the lifestyle doesn't really allow you to exercise too much so you really have to take a conscious decision uh, you know about what your choices in life are going to be and nutritionally of course they are yeah. they eat yeah. eat whatever do whatever they want whatever they want i guess but even there there are people who are taking care of yes, themselves yes of course yeah so yes sometimes circumstances are not very supportive of you living a particular life but um you know like in um, the place where i work i had this younger colleague one day and i said to her what happened to you you didn't come yesterday I, she'd message me i'm not feeling well and she said you know what uh, my mental health wasn't uh, i wasn't feeling good so i just decided to take the day off and for a second with my corporate background i was kind of thrown off that you know how do i respond to this my mental health wasn't good and then i really became aware that even me with my education with my exposure i am kind of judging this person who's mm. very openly told me so am i giving importance to the mental health of my colleagues and peers so that you know so i'm really grateful to that person for kind of making my for helping me realize that that's just you know me in this profession i have to check myself to think differently so we were we were discussing uh, mental health in the corporate world and you've you know given this beautiful example about your colleague and yeah. how you yourself you know uh, was judging uh, you know after all your education yes, and being yes. in this space and sometimes you just forget yeah but what's the difference amir is that you are aware you're going to be you i am always going to be a human who feels everything anyone else feels but uh, the only difference i hope is that i am more aware of what i feel and that's really it so it's not like it's like you know sometimes people tell me if i get angry my family members tell me oh you're a counselor you're a psychologist how are you getting angry and i'm like you know it's a human emotion i am going to get angry it's just that i am going to be more aware of why i got angry what my triggers are it's like almost like saying a doctor won't fall sick is that possible mm-hmm. it's exactly like that you know there's with, with awareness comes that's the again it's it's the issue you're not aware of your own feelings and yes. then how do you seek help if you're Absolutely. not aware and even if i am aware okay what would what's the first step to seeking help how does one do this so um you know seeking help is sometimes it's as simple as reaching out to a friend or family member that you can really trust whom you think will not judge you whom will whom you think will really listen to you and not just hear you so that is your first um, you know person if you think that there's no such person in your space you know where you feel safe that's when you go out and you um speak to a psychologist or a counselor and you mentioned counseling so uh, you know i just remembered our school counselor we we used to have a position there used to be a teacher who used to be called the school counselor but unfortunately i never knew what she did what was her job i mean what is the counselor's job and we were now there's so much going on and schools have like mandatory counseling sessions with every child but i wish we had something like that because for me 
the janitor was more superior to the counselor. I mean, no offense, because uh, I knew exactly what the janitor's job, job was, but I didn't know what the counselor's job was. And if anyone had told me, and I wish they did, that you know, if you have any issues, if you're feeling a certain way, just go speak to the counselor. She's there for you, and that would have been kind of a stepping stone into. um just somebody examining my mental health who was detached who didn't have the stigma of you know the parent trying mm. to protect or the parent trying to be in denial yeah so i wish someone had told me that and just the way we test these kids on do they know you know pythagoras theorem yeah. and 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 what was the year of independence of xyz and this battle date why aren't i mean mental health should be something you need to clear before you move on to the next class and that will even force the parents to uh you know if not wake up i mean unfortunately it's you know this this system of uh, carrot and stick in which you know like you have to pass this grade you have to get a 40% mm. to pass it should be your child's mental health has to be at this level sure. and that will get everybody involved in fact that should be a it's a good recommendation to the government that there should be a, a mental health uh, you know like i like don't know like a checklist like, yeah, like, like some personality like PE test or, yeah. you know pt physical training is what we used to have and you had to get a b in that and and um, but that was also a bit of a hogwash because um, it was just that you did it and you went on with it um so counselors so what are your you know thoughts on um, you know the school counselors and and the issues and more and more young people are yeah. in trouble today and that's really disturbing absolutely so counseling uh, you know it's a wonderful new addition counselors to schools and i'm hoping that they are now more proactive than they were uh back in the day maybe when you were growing up when i was growing up there was nothing called a school counselor so at least it seems to have progressed and now at least in the um, you know in the bigger schools in delhi perhaps you know they are more active they reach mm-hmm. out to children more having said that um you know i have personally met a lot of adult survivors of bullying they are maybe in their 20s 30s late teens and um you know sadly bullying is said to be as uh, you know is as debilitating or sad for a person as sexual abuse because there's a lot of st- stigma attached to it there's a lot of shame mm-hmm. there's a lot of hopelessness and helplessness which is the same as for sexual abuse but it's it's not recognized as something big enough for people to um, focus on i mean of course now again things are changing but yes bullying is rampant and its effects are rampant well into adulthood so i totally i totally agree with that and that's because you know every time uh, i'm staring in the mirror and i'm obsessing about my weight and my wife is like what's wrong with you you're really skinny and i keep trying to explain to her if you've been through school as a fat kid or an overweight kid like i was i was close to 100 kilos mm. at my peak weight i said in my mind and i'm not saying it in a bad way and i'm i'm, I'm very happy with my life and i don't have any image issues but in my mind i'll always be a fat kid that needs to be careful about how i look after my body and that was all about it was about bullying because if you have if you have gone through school being fat you have had it yeah you have yeah. had it and then i yeah. can say that with full experience uh, you know i believe and, and, i mean so, yes I, i believe you yami i hear you and and you and you're associating it with and you, you know this uh, with uh, um, uh, the stigma of being bullied with sexual assault I, that's uh, you know something that i wasn't aware of and yeah. that's uh, frightening actually it uh, is uh, because basically it is that you know you're not good enough your 
left feeling rejected your left feeling inadequate your left feeling i'm not good enough and that comes out in every area of your life as if you're not aware if you've not worked on yourself it comes out in relationships it comes out at work it comes out at school this feeling of i'm not good enough so the impact could be that you'll choose you'll not go out of your comfort zone in the fear of, you know to face you don't want to face that rejection you might avoid certain social interactions you might isolate yourself you might uh, you know uh, take make different life choices which are not beneficial to you because deep down you're feeling i'm not good enough mm-hmm. i'm not worth it and and back in the day you know when we went to school including you is it was physical bullying you know you know somebody yes. slapped you or said something to yes. but now there's this whole physical and virtual world yes. of bullying there's yes. being bullied on social media has become a huge uh, I so, issue yes. so this issue is just getting compounded and yes. with with little solutions uh, and i i think as parents we're all struggling so what can we what can i do as a parent or as a millennial parent uh, to prevent this from happening to protect my kids or uh, or to recognize or as a lay person to be able to help anyone not just my kids but so i think the first thing is connection you know to have that connection going with your child where you're able to um, you know you're able to make the child feel that his or her feelings matter that they are valued and they're just not a sum of their achievements of their appearance uh, so that connection is key and also to be aware like you know if my child doesn't do well in school for example immediately i start feeling inadequate as a parent that exactly, maybe i yeah. didn't spend enough time with her teaching her maybe i didn't find a good tutor for her you know and i start going back to my times when that inadequacy stirred and then i have to get back into being aware that you know my child is more than her grades and i have to work on myself so i think if i go back it's not before connection is also actually awareness mm-hmm. self awareness as a parent um you know am i trying to cover up my inadequacies through my child is my child going to be that person whom i could not be mm-hmm. or i wanted to be so it happens to me also i mean i'm sure it happens to a lot of parents but i'm constantly guilty of uh, you know of trying to like for my child not to repeat the mistakes that i made in my life but is there one thing that you can recommend i can do as a parent only if, you know be self aware i think that's my journey that i'm no expert on this mm-hmm. but this is my journey that i want to be self aware when i am making my child not feel that she's good enough for who she is i'm self aware that i'm not trying to live my life through my child i'm self aware that i uh, do what i have to do in my lifetime with myself and not make my child do what i couldn't do i think that would be a path that i would recommend and one of the things and you know uh, we've been reading as new parents and i i try to read some books on you know better parenting and initially uh being first time parents we were extremely hyper and then yeah. someone told me that you know uh, parents end up transferring the anxiety, anxiety to their yeah. child so if you're calm the child will be calm if you're not the child kind of picks up those energies Absolutely. and it's just an extension of you yeah. so they also become anxious they also become the same yes. way and that got me to thinking i mean, we've heard this for you know alcoholism is genetic and other diseases are genetic mm-hmm. which i i i can debate that i don't exactly agree with certain mm-hmm. uh, things because of 
um, certain things that I've been reading and educating myself about. Uh, is it genetic? I mean, if, if my father or grandfather or great-grandfather was a depressive and anxious, am I more likely to be? I mean, it's, it's also nature versus nurture. So you've got probably, or I've got that biological, um, you know, element. But it's also the way I'm raised. If there are other positive figures in my life, if I've had a chance to, you know, um, to do things that have added to my self-esteem, um, then maybe not. But it's it's case to case, you know. There may be two children in the same house who go through exactly the same. Like, I, I've heard this story which I actually like to narrate and I hope I can recall and narrate it properly. But it's basically about two, about twins, brothers, whose father was an alcoholic. And one brother had a very, uh, he became an alcoholic. He had a very troubled life. And he, um, you know, he he self-destructed in many mm -hmm. ways. And the other brother became very successful. He had a happy family life. He was able to achieve financially. He was able to uh, take care of his family. And when they were asked, you know, what the difference was, so the one of them said, it's because my father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The other one was asked, why are you so successful despite your circumstances? And he said, oh, because my father was an mm -hmm. alcoholic. So it's not the event. It's the reaction to the event. What you make of it. Yeah, what you make of it. So we always say that, you know, two people going through the same event, it's not the event. It's how you've chosen to react to that event. And through counseling, you can work on that reaction. And in terms of, You've just given us some tips for, I mean, how to, you know, be self-aware as a parent and and, and uh, that perhaps it's not genetic and, and this beautiful story of these two people who had an alcoholic father. But um, in terms of, you know, is there a way to prevent mental illness? I mean, does it exist that can, can I just, it's, it's not, is it possible to set up perfect circumstances that XYZ person will never develop mental illness. Is that possible? It's, well, you know what you can do to, again, like in physical fitness, how do you protect yourself from disease? Mm -hmm. Well, you have a, you choose a certain lifestyle, you sleep on, you have an adequate sleep pattern, adequate uh, nutrition, uh, exercise. So hopefully that gives you the immunity that when, if and when a disease hits you, you will have more immunity. Same way with mental health, um, you know, you you develop uh, patterns, the same like with physical health, sleep, um, you know, nutrition, um, exercise. In addition, a caring support system that you feel you can be yourself with. You know, even if there's that one person you don't feel judged by, you can talk about your feelings. And then the other thing that I feel really helps is what are you, the messages you're giving yourself, the mm -hmm. self-talk that you're having with yourself, you know, are you acknowledging your emotions? Like I said before, it's not, it's human to feel angry. It's human to feel sad. It's human to compare yourself. But as long as you're aware, you're acknowledging it and you're not bottling it up. Mm -hmm. You know, that is the difference between um, you, um, you being human and then or you getting into a mental health issue. And if I keep myself physically fit, the chances of me kind of protecting myself from mental issues are... Are higher, definitely. It gives you more immunity. And vice versa. And if I keep versa. myself mentally fit, I don't know, by doing yoga and some other practices, Absolutely. I can... Uh, uh, it gives you more immunity, Amir. That, you know, if when if and when faced with a stressful life situation, 
um, you know, you will react to it differently. Mm -hmm. You will, of course, feel what your any human being will feel, mm -hmm. but you will come out of it, um, you know, okay. So just the way you, um, you know, you lift weights to break the muscle actually to make it a little stronger. So you similarly make your mind stronger by uh, being a little more resilient and doing practices that are going to build the mental muscles yes. perhaps. I think that's, you to, put it in uh, a very wonderful way. That, yeah, that would be a good analogy. Uh, and whatever you do is, is, there's nothing easy about it. So I want to ask you a tough question yes. now is, and I know there are hundreds of ways to do it, but what if I had to make one change in my life today for my mental health or, if, you know, if the people listening, watching have to make one change, what would you recommend that they do? What's some, you know, some actionable advice today, right now, what can I do? Mm, I think um, I need to start being, or I always tell people if they ask me this, that start being kind to yourself. The kind of, um, you know, kindness you show to your um, to your best friend, to somebody you care about, start showing the same kindness to yourself. And, uh, you know, this don't have unrealistic expectations of yourself. Um, I think that to me is key. That, you know, this whole quest for perfection is actually a huge mental health trap. And don't hold yourself to those impossible standards. So I don't know if that's actionable. It's better. It's easier said than done. But be aware that, you know. And be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. That is key. Wow, this is this has been a, a great chat. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you, I'm you so, took I'm, out the thank time. Thank you to come for here. calling me, Yami. Uh, how how does one get in touch with you? If somebody wants to get in touch with you for a a, a session or can they find you on social media? Can they uh, contribute to your cause, the NGO you work for, if okay. they want to make a donation? Okay. How do so, they do all that? Now? So my personal email ID is parulkhanna at hotmail.com. If somebody wants to reach out to me personally, that's where they could. I work in this organization called Sanjeevni Society for Mental Health. I'm the director there and I'm also a counselor. Um, if they want to donate to Sanjeevni, we have a website and um, they can donate. But more than financial donation, what would really help us is if you feel that you're cut out for this kind of work, you like listening to people, you like helping people, please, please come volunteer with us. We have a very, um, we have a wonderful volunteer intake program, which, um, you know, uh, we have orientation sessions every year in um, November and December. Mm -hmm. So come attend that se those sessions. Come see if this is the kind of work that appeals to you. This is a commitment that you can make. And uh, please volunteer with us because while we have no dearth of people reaching out to us uh, for counseling, we really do have a dearth of uh, volunteers willing to do this kind of work free of cost. Right, so they can come and learn how to uh, become a counselor. Yes, yes. So we have an, um, you know, we have a very extensive. If they make it to our, if we do take them as counselors, because there is a, you know, you have to have an aptitude <clears throat> for this kind of work. And uh, the way we test in Sanjeevni, we test uh, this aptitude is through a written, uh, you know, uh, test. Um, then there is a group discussion and an interview. So once a person makes it through this, there's a six-month training program, oh. which is a combination of um, classroom and experiential on-the-job training. So after six months, uh, once you complete this training is when a person is ready to be a counsellor. So that was my discussion with 
lovely Parul here, and I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. Um, thank you for tuning into Voices in My Head with Yami Radhar, and we'll see you next time. Voices in My Head is created and hosted by Yami Radhar. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.